Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. Welcome to the floor of the NFL Combine, everybody. Matt Bove, Sal Capaccio joining you for another episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. If my voice does not sound as loud and exuberant as it might normally does, whatever it is, whatever the word is, it's because we're about, I don't know, what, 50 feet away from a Joe Douglas press conference, so we're trying to keep our inside voices in act here. Well, I mean, there are like 10 podiums here that people can go to and sit. Joe Douglas is the only one at a podium right now. There's a bunch of media around him. But every maybe half hour, this place is either nobody's here or there's about 200 people on the floor walking around. The way I've described this, tell me if you think this is right. I said, no matter what business you're in, whatever that main convention is in some city in the country, that's what the NFL Combine is for the NFL. Yeah, exactly. My dad, growing up, used to always have to go to Vegas for a convention, and he would tell me stories of like walking down the strip in a suit, and it's 120 degrees, and they're sweating, and they're going to sell like copiers and printer ink and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, that sounds tough, but it's also in Vegas. It sounds very fun. Inside this actual building, there is a lot of business being attended to. Outside of this building, there is a lot of fun that is being had. I had my shrimp cocktail last night, so we're all good. We've met our quota for the week, and now I'll just go back to, like, salads. All right, where did you have yours? St. Elmo's. I was at at Harry and Izzy's and had it. Same thing, though. Same thing. Same restaurant. So if you've never been to Indianapolis, they're kind of like the two big restaurants owned by the same people, all in the same building. The shrimp. Co- I was a little too cocky with the shrimp cocktail, though, because I've had it before, but the amount of horseradish that was in mine yesterday was 
unlike anything I've and I've done the whole horseradish at the Broadway Market on Good Friday. This was five times as spicy as that was. Yeah, mine too. It was pretty darn spicy. Speaking of spicy, how about some spicy rumors in the NFL with possible trades? Justin Fields, T. Higgins, tag possible trade. None of that necessarily with the Buffalo Bills. You'll get some people once in a while who want to bring some things up, but with the Bills, it comes down to big decisions that need to be made. Brandon Bean spoke yesterday. We're recording this, by the way, on Wednesday. Brandon Bean spoke on Tuesday. Sean McDermott spoke on Monday. We touched on what McDermott spoke about. How about Brandon Bean? Is there any one big takeaway you got from listening to Brandon Bean on Tuesday? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know if I would say one big takeaway. I'm still left wondering what they do with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, because I think a couple days ago, I would have thought that maybe Poyer was back and Hyde wasn't, but now I don't necessarily feel that way. And it's not anything that he absolutely said, but it's maybe what he didn't say because he didn't kind of nip it in the bud. He didn't make us not have to speculate about it anymore. He didn't say, Jordan Poyer's under contract for one more year. We anticipate him to be back. He did that for Stefan Diggs. He said, we anticipate Stefan Diggs is going to be back. So I wonder if they're just going to rip off the Band-Aid and move on from both of them. He did tell me that Micah Hyde has not made a decision yet, and he plans to meet with his agent this week. But even if he decides he wants to come back, then they need to figure out the financial side of it. So it's not even a foregone conclusion of, like, this is all in Micah Hyde's court. If he wants to continue playing football, I'm sure they'll be happy to have that conversation, but it doesn't definitely mean that it'll be in Buffalo. That's right. I think that's what gets lost. I think it's a good point you bring up, and I've been thinking the same thing, which is when Brandon Bean says, we're going to have a decision, we're going to have a conversation with Micah, he hasn't made a decision. It's not necessarily Micah's decision to play football for the Buffalo Bills. It may be his decision to continue his NFL career, but then the Bills want to have to decide, is he medically cleared and able and financially you know, the wherewithal for us to be able to do that here in Buffalo. That's what I think. I don't think it's just Micah Hyde's decision, but I also think that if he decides he wants to play football, Brandon Bean will work with him to say, listen, man, we know you're worth this amount of money, but we can't even come close to it. So if you want to play football, we're going to have to give you a really team-friendly deal that's maybe incentive-driven because we can't give you five, six, seven million dollars like you might be able to get from a team that isn't in this window like the Bills are in. But all that said, I don't think either of them are back. That's just my read on it. I do really think that they're going to move on from both of them, which is I can't believe I'm saying that. I, I actually agree with you, and I do think that they'll look more at free agency at safety like they did with Hyde and Poyer and other guys they brought in to guys they don't need the top end resources at safety the way they play their system I thought it was interesting how about the fact that both Brandon and Sean brought up the name Kurt Coleman talking about safeties and the kinds of guys you don't have to have the flashy big guy that everybody's looking at with the big money and high pick just guys that fit your system that's what they're looking for all right the thing that I took away Brandon Bean saying he smiled when he heard 255 million for the salary cap Matt he said they were budgeting for 240s I don't know what the most amount of money you've ever found in your pocket is <laughs> but it's not been 10 million for me and it was for Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills yeah and I think and this is once again just my read on all of it I think they're going to be a little more active than we anticipate. Now, I don't think it's going to be a blockbuster move, but I do get the sense that they have a little bit more flexibility than maybe some people thought they were going to have. Because if you look at it and you just look at the numbers, you go, oh my gosh, there's still all of this money over the salary cap. What are they going to do? Well, the first bit of news was the Conor McGovern restructure. And then after that, I'm anticipating they do a lot more of those. He said that is far and away their primary focus right now is getting their salary cap figured out. Then they will start to figure out, okay, what can we do? 
I think they're going to make a couple more moves for players people are familiar with than maybe we anticipated. Yeah, and I think the 255, what it does is it might get them not to have to restructure somebody to push more money down the road. He doesn't want to do that, but he'll do, he'll do that. Maybe there's somebody that thought, hey, we'd have to restructure this person. We don't have to do that now. Maybe it also frees up a little money for an A.J. Epinesa, a Daquan Jones, yep. a Gabe Davis. Whether fans want to hear any of those game names or not, I know Gabe's a polarizing guy with that, but it might free up money to sign one of their own. Daquan Jones. Uh, the, the first thing I thought of when they got that extra money was they're going to keep Daquan Jones. They're going to do everything they can to keep Daquan Jones. I wonder on a priority list if he would be number one anyway just because the position that he plays and you really like having him with Ed Oliver. I'm anticipating Daquan Jones comes back. I really am. The other guys, I don't think Gabe is back. I don't think AJ is back. I think of the two, AJ might have a better chance of coming back probably. Maybe they can afford closer to his deal more than a Gabe Davis deal. But I also I think they're going to be sniffing around for some safeties, especially if Hyde and Poyer don't come back. All right, let's have a Tredavious White conversation Okay. because he is a really interesting case. I asked Brandon Bean specifically, how do you balance – Tredavious coming off two injuries at his age, not super old, but he's getting older, knowing he has a $16 million cap hit and knowing how important he is to your franchise and the type of person he is. And even that being baked into the kind of rehab he's going to put through himself to make sure he's ready. I got the feeling, again, and I still believe this, that Tredavious White's going to be a Buffalo Bill in 2024. I just think that they'll do it in a different way than what his contract currently is. So you think that he stays and they restructure it to make it a little bit easier for them to fit into their plans moving forward? And he may get some extra money up front to kind of make it happen, where maybe you move the salary into a signing bonus, maybe you add on a year, and I know that that doesn't sound great, but you can then get out of it later on. I think that might be the play. When I think of the Bills in the Sean McDermott era, Josh Allen is his own stratosphere. I think of Jordan Poyer. Micah Hyde, Tredavious White, and Deion Dawkins, those guys from 2017. And if I think that they're moving on from Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, which I just said, I just do not see a world where they also get rid of Tredavious. That would be a complete reset on this core that they have built their entire team around over the last seven years. That's not to say it's not eventually going to happen, but to do all of that in one off season seems a little bit far-fetched to me. And maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe that means they move on from Trey White and Micah Hyde and they keep Jordan Poyer to try and bridge the gap. But after hearing McDermott and Bean talk this week, I don't get that sense. I agree with you. I think Trey is the more likely guy to come back and the safeties are the ones they think that they can replace. And replace is probably too strong. They can't replace those guys for what they have meant to the team, but let them walk and go find somebody else. As we walked out onto the floor today, you had D-linemen. Bills might be in the market for D-linemen. And you had linebackers. I'm like, we don't even need to listen to linebackers. They're pretty set there. Now, Tyrell Dodson's an interesting case. He's a nice depth piece. I think they'd like to have him back. I don't think it's a priority. I don't think Tyrell Dodson's going to cost you a ton of money. So if it's not going to break the bank, which it shouldn't, I wonder if they keep him around just because they know what they have there. But it would not be something that would be like a long-term, big-time contract. It would be... A couple of years for a couple million dollars. All right, so uh, what else we got going on this week? We got wide receivers coming in. That's going to be a big one later in the week, and yeah. I think a lot of Bills fans are going to be focused on that. And safeties. Safeties are on Thursday. Wide receivers are on Friday. I was talking a little bit to Matt Miller from ESPN. I've got a thing that will be up with him later in the week for Channel 7, and he was telling me the safety class is not great. There's only one or two guys that he would even put in his top 50. Now, 
to me, that rules out a safety in the first round, but that was a long shot anyway. But it also does make it seem like there is something to be had in the second round if that's the way the Bills want to go. It would be a kind of interesting scenario for them if they could get the top safety and still be in the second round. I think you'd be pretty happy with that, even though defensive tackle is probably a bigger need on that side of the ball. Must be someone about to speak here in a little while or more people. I see more people kind of filling in a little bit around here doing their media work, getting ready. So I think we're about to get another group of speakers. Yeah, that's fine. Let's just go hide before they start to talk. (laughs) All right, Matt. Well, we've done a lot of talking here, but we caught up with a couple of guys who give some interesting perspectives. Travis Wingfield of the Drive Time Podcast of the Miami Dolphins and Andrew Siciliano of NFL Network. Yeah, Andrew Siciliano is a guy I've seen on TV like a bajillion times, so it was cool to meet him and talk to him. And he's got some Lake Erie love with the Browns and Bills, too. All right, and of course, AFC East love coming your way with Travis Wingfield up next here. It's always game day in Buffalo. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's always game day in Buffalo, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, live. Well, kind of live. You're listening to this and not live. Fake live. Not really live. There's a difference there. (laughs) No doubt about it. But we do have Travis Wingfield. He's always live on the Drive Time Podcast, Miami Dolphins Radio, Miami Dolphins website as well. Always good to talk to you, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, The weather today was not as good as yesterday, so I'm a little bit uh, cold. That's, if well, that's, we were closer to Miami weather yesterday, closer to Buffalo weather today. Yeah, I was making fun of the Browns guy for saying, like, lake, is, what is lake effect wind? Is that a thing? Or is lake effect snow? I don't even know. I just know the term lake effect. That's what I'm going with today. I'll go with you, Matt. What, do you wanna, what, what are you interested in with the Dolphins, with Travis? What happens with Tua? I know that's the question. I'm going to start with the fastball here. So if you go back to really day one with Coach McDaniel, he's been very supportive of Tua, Tua Tungavailoa, easy for me to say. Uh, and yesterday he was very... Uh, affirming in that in that love for Tortua and his contract extension. So it sounds like sooner than later it should be getting done, I, I would assume. All right, so 
the next question is, is that the right thing for the organization to do, given what you've seen from him, but now knowing he's healthy, what's the fan reaction on that? You know, you get a little bit of polarization there. It depends on what, uh, what source you're taking the fans' pulse from. On Twitter, maybe not so much, but I think for the most part, Dolphins fans are aware of a quarterback that has been really top five in most statistical categories the last two years. He played an entire season, which was the one hurdle most people want to see him clear last year, and he was one of eight quarterbacks that played all 17 games last year. So I think this team was built around his skill set offensively, especially with how they kind of fire off the ball and play fast and really kind of you know adhere to his quick trigger that he has and his accuracy and downfield placement with two, with uh, Tyreek and Waddle. So I think that the fan reaction will be a little bit mixed, but for the most part, like they chant MVP to his name sometimes at the stadium. Like they, I mean, they, they love the guy. It like, goes with the territory no matter exactly, what. It could exactly. be the most loved guy in the world. You know, from the outside looking in, obviously we see the Bills play the Dolphins twice a year. I feel like the offensive line needs to be. What is it? Am I on like the right track there? Because it feels like there's a lot of things that need to happen for Miami on the offensive line. Yeah, so last year they were actually strong when they started out the year, but they had all five guys healthy. We didn't have the five guys play a 1,000 snaps like y'all did. That was yeah. so uh, I just was jealous of that all year long, but the attrition on the offensive line was, was really brutal last year. But you're right. I mean, uh, Teron Armstead played injured all year, but that's kind of what he does. Yeah. Um, and when he was playing last year, he wasn't his usual self like he was back in 2022, so he needs to be played better if he comes back and plays at all. There's, there's a possibility he retires. Uh, the left guard position right now was Isaiah Wynn last year. He tore a quadriceps that knocked him out for the entire year, and he He's never played a full year in his career, so kind of a question mark there. Liam Eikenberg filled in there. He hasn't been a real hit in the second round uh, from 2021, so they have to kind of figure that spot out. Connor Williams is a free agent coming off an ACL tear in December, so I don't know what happens with him. Robert Hunt is a free agent who is probably going to command upwards of you know 15 million on the open market, and he's probably I, I would say the Dolphins' best offensive lineman. What's funny about it is their right tackle was the guy going into the year that everyone was concerned about and probably played the best all year long, Austin Jackson, and he got a contract extension out of that. So they need depth, and they probably need a couple of stars too with how free agency should shake out this year. All right, speaking of injuries, unfortunately, Jalen Phillips. Bradley Chubb, you guys have seen your share on that side. What are the challenges of kind of having those guys back, replacing them, any timeline on them, and then just overall the defense and the health? I can't really give you a timeline because I just don't know, but I do know that I spoke to Jalen Phillips last weekend, and he seems to be like he's on track for for week one. He thinks he can make that happen because he's just a a great worker, and he's having a great rehab so far. He's actually up and walking right now, so we're happy to see that. Um, Bradley Chubb, ACL in late December. It's kind of tough to get back from that, but we'll see what what it looks like for him. Second ACL in his career, uh, approaching age 30, so a little bit difficult there with uh, that timeline. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle's a free agent. Um, He's also coming off an injury that suffered against you guys in in that week eight game um, where he I think he broke his foot or something had a, a foot injury and he's you know he's getting back right now so uh, I, what that does to his market value I'm not entirely sure but I think that though Chubb and Phillips whether they start the year or not I mean that's that's your those are your two horses I mean you can't really afford to you know because Chubb is on a big contract Phillips is going to get extended at some point he's a great player so you can't really afford to go get another big you know that's a costly position it's kind of hard to go spend big there when you have so much money tied up there so I would say Van Geekel coming back is probably the best bet for a good three-man rotation, but yeah, right now it's it's kind of tough to forecast. What is the biggest priority, in your opinion, for the Dolphins this offseason? I think you talked about offensive line, probably is it. I, I'm of the belief that they need to find a way to to make the offense better, which is sounds crazy because they scored 31 points per game last year, but they also tailed off towards the end of the season. So finding a way to make that offense uh, transportable in December, in January, because it's been the last two years they faded off into the ether, you know, and couldn't really compete offensively down the stretch. And so I think that with this timing, rhythm-based offense, that once you get a little bit of physical, you know, rerouting, some, some good run defenses and teams that can use the weather to their advantage as well to kind of slow down that passing game, we saw them kind of take a step back. So finding a way to have better answers 
numbers late in the year offensively. And I think, like, I've been saying this all week, and I get a lot of, like, raised eyebrows. Like, I think pass catcher is kind of a big need for the Dolphins this year because you guys saw the game in Week 18. Like, when Waddle's not out there, Tyreek gets three three guys' attention. And then it was up to Braxton Berrios and Cedric Wilson and River Craycraft to beat one-on-one coverage, and Teron Johnson wasn't having any of that. So, like, they need someone that can separate inside with all the attention that 10-17 command. So I'd say offensive, just offensive, more firepower, man. And then finally, how different will the defense look with Anthony Weaver as opposed to, um, his name escapes me now, Vic Fangio. Fangio, Thank you. And by the way, we're familiar. Anthony Weaver was in Buffalo, defensive line coach, obviously goes to Baltimore. What kind of a change? We've already seen Xavier Howard released. Yeah, I've never heard a bad word about Anthony Weaver so far, so I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but he seems to be loved across the league. But I think he he mentioned in his opening press conference, maybe almost a little bit too revealing, uh, that he plans to do a little bit of a crossover between what Miami ran and now what Baltimore brought over as well. And he he made it a point. He said it is a disservice to put Jalen Ramsey in the field or in the boundary and just leave him in one position. We're going to move him all over the formation slot he's going to match up on tight ends and that goes true for Javon Holland as well excuse me guys so it's going to be more uh, you know matchup erasing and, and using those guys versatility whereas Vic Fangio was we present the same look every snap every rep and there's there's value in that but it was no moving of Ramsey or Holland or you know any of the best players and I think we'll see more versatility on the back end hey man always good catching up one question for me who is a player that we're not talking about now that we will be next year on the Dolphins? I know I asked this question to somebody a couple years ago, and they said Holland, and he's awesome now. Who's the guy that maybe isn't getting enough love but is kind of trending in that direction? That might have been me that said Holland. I've always been a big Javon Holland fan, <laughs> but, but no, he's great. Um, this is going to be way off the radar for you. So talking about the need for a receiver, Eric Ezukama was a third-round draft pick a couple years ago, maybe fourth round. Might have been fourth. Either way, not important. Um, but he, he, was kind of, he kind of got like a featured package last year in the first couple of games where he was getting carries out of the backfield, taking the jet sweeps and catching screen passes, kind of like, you know, an ancillary piece to all the attention that Waddle and Tyreek command. He was kind of getting some of the other stuff. And then he had a neck injury that was a, a college injury that he had, like, popped up one week in practice, and we didn't see him the rest of the year. So I think that if he can get healthy, he could be a kind of a nice little, you know, 40, 50 target player to help to 10 and 17. Always great catching up. Be good, man. And uh, again, Travis Wingfield host of the Drive Time Podcast. Look, if you want to catch up on any AFC East stuff, I know Bills fans are going to be digging into Dolphins podcast, but that's what you got to do, right? Yeah, I appreciate it. Come do my show after this? I, I would love to. Absolutely. Sounds good. It. Thanks, guys. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
All right, joining us now is Andrew Siciliano of NFL Network. Good to see you again, man. I mean, you've been doing these things for quite a while. It's changed, and how many years have you been here? Sal, it's great to see you both. Um, it's been like 12, 13 years now, I, I think, here for me. But, like, this event is so much different than it used to be, but in, in a good way, I think. I don't know. Like, it, it feels like the Combine is the one event that will experiment with new things on a, on a yearly basis. Um, but it's great for the fans because it's, it's hope. It's, it's looking forward to next year. It's already, I think we all agree as fans, like, let's get a game tomorrow. We're not going to, but it would be nice. Let me ask you how you thought the NFL did with Vegas as a Super Bowl site after going to Vegas for four years and building this up and really never wanting to touch Vegas, and now they have their biggest event of the year there. How did all that go? I think it's a question of when, not if, Vegas gets another Super Bowl. I think it went great. Um, the stadium's great. Um, and the event is, I mean, everything's right there. Like, it's, you're not driving around town. Like, you have a meeting or a lunch or a dinner or an event, whatever. Like, it's just going out and walking to the next hotel. Now, Vegas, for all of us who have been there, and I'm sure your listeners have been there, it, it's the strip's a little more spread out than you think at first. Oh, like, oh, I'm walking to the wind? Okay, well, maybe that's a 20-minute walk. But it's walkable. And with the traffic, the traffic was awful. Um, you kind of had to walk everywhere. But it laid out well. There's so much event space, so much restaurant space, so many hotel rooms. Um... Yeah, they're going to get another one. What do you think is the biggest storyline of the offseason, really around the league? Because obviously we're a Bills-specific podcast, but people want to know about the league. What do you think is the biggest story right now? That is a great question. I would say the salary cap going up, but, but you know, I don't know. That's a, that's a news cycle. I, I think we'll all feel that effect. And, I mean, to a man, all these GMs up here are saying this week, like, wow, oof, yeah, that number is higher than we thought. Right? Brandon Bean said, oof, that number is higher than we thought. Um, I, I think that's certainly part of it. And then the Caleb Williams draft thing, or specifically the top three quarterbacks, or is there a fourth that, that makes a push? Do, do, you know, does, does, I don't know, New England maybe trade for Justin Fields? How about that, right? And then you don't have a quarterback going one, two, three. And then, and then you have Trey. I, th- I think the Caleb Williams draft question, he's going number one, period. But then how it falls in behind him, to me, is the biggest story for now. And then who knows what happens to free agency? I mean, like, are we going to have, like, where does Justin Fields go? That's a huge part of it, certainly. I'll ask you guys is Steph Diggs getting traded? I don't think they can do it financially. It would just, it would just kill the team. So, like, if, if he were to change teams, I don't think Justin Jefferson's getting moved or anything right. like that. I mean, Quessy pretty much shot that down yesterday. Um, but when you have a big name player that moves teams, and I think we will. I think that will dominate the conversation. Who's a guy? Maybe T. Higgins? Maybe a tag and trade? Something like that? I, I think they bring him back. I think, especially early on in Joe's window, this is just my gut feeling. Um, keep him healthy. Keep those two pieces here. The two pieces meaning T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. And, and try to win this year. So the Bills themselves, not getting over Kansas City. It's become a Josh Allen can't beat. Patrick Mahomes, which I don't think is right or fair or true to him, but the Bills haven't been able to beat Kansas City. Nobody has. What is it going to take from your 30,000-foot view on the outside looking in? What does it take for the Buffalo Bills to finally slay that dragon? I think it's actually more than the Bills. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has kind of cemented himself now as, and I hate to go Jordan or hate to go Brady, but he's like the modern-day killer of dreams, right? Like the guy, we're in Indiana. I mean, Reggie Miller could never get by Michael Jordan, right? Or in, in Utah, Carl Malone and John Stockton could never get by Jordan. And right now, Patrick Mahomes is that figure in the NFL. Like, he's that. Now, Joe Burrow and the Bills did it. I'm sorry, Joe Burrow and the Bengals did it. 
now someone else has to find it. I, I think Josh will get there. I, I think the bigger question, and I know Sean has addressed this, and obviously he wears it on his face, and he like it's he owns it, is just like organizationally, not do you blow it up and fire everybody? And that's not what I'm saying. But to answer your question, so like what has to change? Right. I, I don't have that answer. And, and if they thought it would was going to be the coach, then they would have done that by now. I don't know that it is the coach. They're going to have to rebuild the defense. I mean, that, that to me is the biggest question. Not how do you beat Patrick Mahomes. is how do you navigate the salary cap and retool with younger players, especially on that side of the ball, and still maintain your championship level? Because that, that's the most difficult thing in my eyes for, for you guys. Do you still think that they're one of the teams that can go toe-to-toe with Kansas City, specifically in the AFC? Because this year we saw a lot of things we didn't anticipate with the Joe Burrow injury and the Chargers falling. Like A lot of the teams we thought were going to be there weren't there, and I think that's what makes this past year probably so much harder for Bills fans because you didn't have to contend with teams you thought you were going to. Um, Yes, they're still one of those teams, and people are going to hate this answer because they have Josh, period. And I know his, his... his cap gets his cap hit gets harder now, deeper into the contract, and that's why, like with the Bengals, you, you want to win earlier in that deal. You want to win still when you're on the rookie deal, ideally. But yeah, they have Josh, and that's what everyone's chasing. That's why the Browns gave up all they gave to to get to Sean Watson because they, they needed one of those guys. They watched the Bills and the Chiefs, and like I, we need one of those guys. Everyone is looking for one of those guys. That's why if you're the Bears, you 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 do trade Justin. My opinion, and you go get Caleb because you hope he could be one of those guys and then you just have to have things fall your way like i mean i would flip it over like the ravens look at the ravens right they have that guy and they they seemingly do have all the other pieces and they can't get over the hump and it's like i grew up a browns fan 86 87 89 three out of four years you're in the afc championship game and who'd you lose to all three times bleeping john elway and the broncos right when the browns head to toe were the better team Head, I mean, there's no way that the Browns would have lost as badly. Now, they might have lost all three in the Super Bowl, but the way the Broncos got their doors blown off in those games, Browns were the better team, but they had that Superman in, in John Elway that they couldn't get past. And right now, the Chiefs have that Superman, and they have everything else. Let me ask you really quick, because you've got an interesting perspective on this. Not a lot of people have watched more football than you over the years. How fun is Josh Allen? He's freaking awesome. Are you kidding me? No, he, he's also, I would have to imagine, maddingly, madding, maddening and frustrating because he does give the ball up. But, I mean, think of the, yes, there's a lot of bust, but there's so much boom. Like, to, to be that great, it's hard to play turnover free. Tom Brady is that guy. But he, was Tom Brady as fun to watch as Josh? I don't know, but he has the rings. I get it, right? And it's entirely different. Um, can you put the two of them together? No, you can't. Maybe you can, and it's Patrick Mahomes, right? Um, but I remember Josh in, in Mobile, like at the Senior Bowl, and he made a couple of throws. where I, I had scouts go, well, oh, you can't pull that bleep in the NFL. Like, like, look where he put that ball, like in between seven sets of hands, and the guy's falling out of bounds, and like, yeah, but you can't do that. Why? Because NFL players are going to be too good, and, and like, won't ever give you like yet yeah, if that window was that small like they're going to close that window when when that ball's in the air i'm like okay and then he got to the league and you're like look he's still doing it like <laughs> That's right. yeah 
So I was in Cleveland Stadium in 1990, the AC Divisional Round. Bills lose to the Browns. Ronnie Harmon drops the pass. I remember those years as well. He just picked him off the next yes, play. He yeah. Did. Mm -hmm. But what we can all share is those heartbreaking losses. The Bills, 13 seconds. Last year, you talk about the drive, the fumble, obviously. Give me from a Cleveland Browns fan's hurting perspective on what it takes for that team to get even further than what they've been able to do. I mean, this one was really frustrating this year because I, I, I think they are the better team in Houston. And, and I, I was at that game week 16 on Christmas Eve when they blew the doors off. And that was a Case Keenum game, yep. right? But I know the Browns walked out of there going, we're the better team. Like top to bottom and then to have it go as badly as it did is, is I think they're still trying to process that um, I, I think the Browns have the pieces you just look when Deshaun got hurt this year um, they were seven and three and he had just played his best game in a Browns uniform and there wasn't even a second not I mean there was no second close to the game he played in Baltimore where it turns out with a broken shoulder he went 14 to 14 to the second half they beat at that point a juggernaut of a Ravens team that people were calling the best team of the NFL um, and and then on Tuesday the Browns had sent on a press release he's out for the year nice knowing you and at that point it was just like the season's over but then it wasn't and that's what made this Browns season so special is that they and I think the, the players would even say this they they fed off people telling them that oh this week their season's over or that week it's, it's like if someone else got hurt they'd be like okay cool not okay cool but like we're fine i mean they they lost nick chubb deshaun watson jed wills jack conklin um dewan jones so your your top three tackles your quarterback and your running back um, and then another quarterback and then another quarterback another quarterback and then another quarterback and then another quarterback and then grant elpit um, who else? Miles played with one arm the second half of the year. Denzel Ward was banged up most of the second half of the year. Um, Anthony Walker out for the year. Delpit out for the year. Maurice Hurst out for the year. Um, who else? There were a couple other names. Like, like they were like, okay, cool. Next. Like, oh, you're gonna let? Nah, we're fine. That's why Stefanski wins Coach of the Year. That's why Stefanski wins Coach of the Year? Yeah. Can they get over the hump next year? I'd like to think so. That's the best division in the NFL. Um, I I would like to hope so. I mean, look, they're they're hanging their hat on the fact that they were seven and three when he got hurt, and they were ascending. I think the the question next year is what happens if Deshaun is just mediocre, and then does that doubt creep into the locker room? I don't think so, but we'll see. Like, the, the way they ran off the field in Baltimore that day, that locker room believed they were winning the Super Bowl. And I, I think even heading into Houston, they felt it the same way with Joe Flacco. So how do you get that back? I mean, you, you, you guys know seasons are like, you're never going to get it back. Like, it's, it's so hard to get back. But, like, the people, the feeling, the momentum, everything, momentum is real, um, that you have in that building, you go back to square one the next day. And it's just like, can you get that magic back? We've been there. One of my favorite stats, though, finally this year, for the first time in, since 1989, the Browns finished ahead of the Steelers, even in the division. Doesn't even, not even win in the division, just finished ahead of the Steelers. 34 years, it never happened. It, it was glorious. Yeah. I'm sure for you. Yeah, um, 89, so they 89 lost in the AFC Championship, 86, yeah. But then two years later with Bud Carson, they beat the Steelers 56-3 to week one. David Grayson had two picks, including a touchdown, and that was that was like the 
biggest win there in Pittsburgh until the 2020 wildcard game. So, hey, Thanks for doing this, man. We really appreciate it. I know uh, you got a lot going on here. Always appreciate your stuff, too. So much going on, going from podium to podium, listening to people dodge questions. <laughs> and speaking of Brown, how about Fran Brown? Syracuse, baby. Hey. Recruiting. We got some recruits coming. NIL money is real now, evidently. The, 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 the faucet's been turned on. <laughs> I love it. Thanks a lot, buddy. Got it, guys.